This is Neijing Now, prioritizing well-being. Neijing is the vitality that shields us from disease. Neijing Now, placing and taking responsibility for the health of the individual and the planet. From molecular biology to global ecology, from political socioeconomics to psychology and spirituality. Neijing Now, demystifying medicine, empowering host resistance. We can be found on the web at neijingnow.org, N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W dot O-R-G. I'm Dr. Jayshree Chandar, and I welcome you to another opportunity for exploring Neijing Now. I had the pleasure of speaking with Urmila Sampson. She's been working in the field of educational change since 2011, from radical unschooling to homeschooling to working alternative educational programs in mainstream schools. Urmila, welcome to Neijing Now. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had. <laughs> yeah. What got you inspired to pour your efforts and heart into the field of transforming education? So in the beginning, it was perhaps that I was unhappy about the way education was happening. Because of your own kids? Uh, no, no, no. This was way before the children were born. Okay, so you are talking about an unhappiness that precedes your involvement of the last seven years. So, yeah, definitely. Many people ask me, was I unhappy with my schooling? No, I was very happy at school. I was the first in and the last out. I had a bicycle. Many of my classmates had to go away and chauffeur-driven cars, but few of us had the advantage of bicycling <laughs> home, so we could go home whenever we wanted to. And I was very happy in school. We had a very beautiful, sprawling school and... Built in during the um, British era and the rambling buildings and lots of sports and drama and singing and elocution and gym, PT. We even had baseball. <laughs> Great. So it sounds like a, either a convent school or some kind of a private school. Convent school, yeah. You were staying long hours because you needed extra help or just that you just enjoyed being in the <laughs> school environment? I enjoyed the school environment, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that my parents were not at all stressed out or stressing us about studying. And so we just enjoyed going to school, finishing my homework in class. Because at home, I never did homework. And those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how it should be. <laughs> you go to school and learn and then... You know, it's like your job. And then you leave your job at your job. You leave your work at your work and you come home and be with your family. Yeah. Yeah. Play. I read a lot. I played the piano a lot. I sang a lot. Very nice. Very nice. Back to your unhappiness. You were happy with your own education, but you were unhappy about what? Actually, I think it's my father's fault because he and his uh, father complained a lot about how schools limited human potential and how much human beings are actually capable of and how systematically schools, you know, eroded every last inch and ounce of it. 
and um, I think that must have played on my mind and I could feel that I could just feel it in my bones so I didn't know it the way they did the moment I left school I came across a lot of books like Summer Hill by A.S. Neal Deschooling Society Van Illich and Paulo Freire and it just felt like school is the worst place for children to be growing up and for young human beings to learn what they need to learn and do and experience the things they need to experience to be full human beings. And so then what happened? You got inspired and then what did you do with it? Even when reading the books, I never made this decision, oh, I'm never going to send my children to school or there was no word like homeschooling used in these books. Uh, I didn't know the word unschooling till way after my third child was born perhaps and we had internet and then I knew, oh, there are other families who aren't sending their children to school and, oh, what we're doing is not homeschooling, it's unschooling. So <laughs> I was already doing everything or not doing anything. Organically. Yeah, organically. Yeah. It's like you, you know how to improvise your meals. You don't need a cookbook. And then you find the cookbook and go, oh, I've been making that already. Yes. But I make it better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I do it my way. Yes, there is a difference uh, from... Um, a borrowed experience and something that has evolved out of one's own, um, you know, experience and even struggles, I would say. Yeah. So you said that you were unschooling your children, not homeschooling them. Can you explain the difference? There's a huge difference. Homeschooling is closer to alternative schooling than one would imagine. And alternative schooling is not so different from regular schooling than one would imagine and unschooling is absolutely different okay so we need a little edification on the gradations here so homeschooling would be literally home at school I mean school at home oh uh, yeah school at home yeah <laughs> yes i do mean school at home sorry so parents who really know their children well and you know know what's perhaps good for them they get the curriculum which will most suit their child they would work the curriculum around the child's interests and the child's hobbies and the extracurricular activities that the child would want to do and they would allow the child to take it at their own pace there's a whole lot of extra boring stuff like homework and repetitive stuff which is unnecessary and time wasting which they wouldn't have to do in homeschooling children would would be prepared for a board exam and they would go on for higher studies i mean there's no question about that if they want to you mean uh, no they do i've never heard of a homeschooler who doesn't it's a kind of given in India or so or what I suppose I suppose I can't really generalize unschoolers on the other hand the parents come from a place of not knowing they don't know their children better than their children know themselves they don't know what the future holds they don't know how any kind of curriculum that anyone else can come up with would benefit their child and I as an unschooling parent in fact feel that each human being has a unique inbuilt curriculum and no one else knows anything about it that is what we just make a space for for that to emerge and evolve and I mean it's magical bloom and blossom and anything can happen anytime and my daughter would tell me now don't tell anyone I'm studying film and video because they'll think I'm going to become a filmmaker <laughs> you know? she doesn't want to be boxed in yeah, <laughs> yeah she that wasn't why she was learning film and video so anything can happen at any time and anything can take a sudden turn in the, you know, 90 degree or 180 degree or 360 degree turn. 360 doesn't make any sense, but 359 degree turn. <laughs> I love what you just said. Like, it's just so absolutely thrillingly beautiful. 
Can you explain regular school and alternative school, how they're similar and different in alternative school versus homeschool? I try not to be critical. Okay, let's not be critical. Uh, let's just give me the facts. Okay. My disclaimer, I know that school is really, really good for some people and everyone can't homeschool, that's for sure. 0.0001% of the parents on the planet would be able to tolerate children at home all day. So we have to have schools, I think. Schools have their uses and 99 point most children would need a school. That's why I'm now trying to uh, work with mainstream schools because we need to make a change there. I was just thinking about this yesterday. These kids on the streets that are begging or their mothers who don't have enough income to make their family's needs uh, for them going to school and having a diploma or having a degree or having a skill is immensely valuable. Exactly. So the way in which the world is structured today, just simply women's empowerment, a woman can walk out on a, you know, abusive marriage or, you know, mean in-laws or whatever. Uh, women have so much power because they can get a job and earn because they have been to school. So this means that we have to really change the way schools are and we have to change the way the world is structured. In the meantime... In the meantime... Until next week, <laughs> they have school. So, so my plan is always a 300 to 500 year plan. There you go. He must be doing some good yoga and meditation there. <laughs> so people think I'm being flippant and that I don't have any, you know, goals and yeah, what's your plan? And yeah, if it's a 300 to 500 year plan, I'm not able to really spell it out so clearly right now. Well, also, if you're coming from the unschooling paradigm, then you can't have a plan. Also, yes. <laughs> you just have to let it blossom. You got it. You got it. That's very rare, Jaisi. <laughs> the difference between school and alternative schooling is, first of all, you have many less children in a class in alternative schools, which has its pros and its cons. Because sometimes in a large school with large numbers, uh, there's less control and teachers may not know so much of what's happening. So there's pros and cons to that. Which are? Of not knowing what's happening is that there might be bullying happening. There might be children who could do better but can't because they can't get enough attention. Those are the cons. Those are the cons. And the pros would be that children get more freedom and less control. So uh, they can explore more. They can relate with each other more. They can do much more mischief and, you know, just be children. It's like having an inefficient government. Yeah, something like that. In an alternative school, the pros of small numbers are that they can get individual attention and their gifts can be seen by a sharp teacher who's really interested. In alternative schools, you'll have teachers who are there because they're interested in children. They love children and they're interested in education, their own subject. They perhaps have a way of imparting it, which is much better than most teachers in a mainstream school, but not all, because I know there are some real angels in mainstream schools. And over the years, as I have grown older and less argumentative and <laughs> negative about mainstream schooling, I've had the opportunity to meet angel teachers who really are working against all odds. Th those are some of the pros of alternative schooling. The cons are that because you're a small class, if you're stuck with a bully or you have a child in your group, which usually happens in any group statistically, who's taking the group in a weird direction or you have a teacher who's not really appropriate for you. I mean, you're really stuck 
with that much more heavily than if you were lost in a class of 60 or 80 it's like the difference between a nuclear family and a joint family yes 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 yeah in a nuclear family you you're stuck with your parents and you're stuck with your siblings and there you are but in a joint family the whole impact gets a little bit diffused you know you've got the uncles the aunts the grandparents the cousins everybody and it just decreases the intensity of any one person's influence Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way. Okay, so is there anything different about the curriculum? I mean, it's not in an alternative school. It's not just the class size, right? Yeah. So there are uh, alternative schools with fantastic structures. I've taught in one myself. Uh, Mirambika it was a free progress school um uh, run along the philosophy of Sri Aurobindo and the mother. Children would just choose any topic under the sun. I mean, and they could do it singly or in pairs or in groups, small groups or the whole class together. lovely stuff would come up bicycle as a topic so of course you go bicycling first <laughs> which is great you'd never get to do that with 60 children in a class and so if if one girl was good at art she just do the art and craft part making a huge collage on the wall using a real bicycle tire and then you have the math guys who are learning all about radius and all that and you'll have the other guys who want to know about the metals and the rubber and how gears work and what brakes are all about and there'll be someone writing poems about it and and at the end of the week on friday everyone shares their stuff so very experiential hands-on creative engaged uh, projects based learning group based learning yes yes a uh, group as well as you could do one on your own yeah that's kind of a sketch of alternative schooling i had a question about the homeschooling does it have to be the parent of the child who's homeschooling i mean can't you have a non-parent of the child homeschooling yeah it's not only a non-parent uh, it's everyone anyone nice and then uh, do people trade days or trade off like okay you say like mr joshi is great at math so we send all the kids over to mr joshi to learn maths and then urmila is great at art and so maybe one day they come all over to urmila's house for art does that kind of thing happen we should um in india we don't have the numbers in each city yeah i've heard that in the us and australia where the the numbers are large now Uh, about seven, eight years ago, I read an article where the U.S. homeschoolers had crossed the two million mark. That's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in U- uh, several countries in Europe, it's illegal. Oh, really? Why so? It's negligent. I mean, they they feel that our schools are so good. Why wouldn't you send our ch- your children to our schools? In Germany, your children are taken away from you if you don't send them to. Oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about unschooling. That's your baby. Yeah, the children grow in freedom. We don't tell them what to do, when to do, how to do. So when a child says, "Why should I eat?" a parent actually stops to say why, and why should I eat this, and when to eat, and why, and yeah. So we are questioning everything through them. The normal parent thing is that you eat because of this, or you don't because of this, and this is the reason why you do this, and everyone does it, so we're doing it. Uh, whereas in unschooling, every single thing is questioned because the children are questioning everything, and unschooling parents go with that. I mean, part of the whole structure is based on the convenience of the parents, right? The parents have to get to work at such and such a time, and then 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 they can't be late. You know, why do they have to go to work? Because they have to afford the place that they're living in. And why does it cost so much to afford the place that they're living in? It's because the whole economic system is structured in this way, and da da da. You go down a pretty steep 
rabbit hole when you see how the whole thing is so interconnected. And to take the time to really properly answer a child's question is actually so radical, it just disrupts the whole system. The whole entire system has to unravel. Absolutely. Wow, that was very beautifully put. You have to have some economic freedom for this. Not necessarily, because we have lots of families who are living in villages. But that doesn't mean that they're not economically free just because they're living in a village. <laughs> true, true, yeah. <laughs> they may actually be more economically free. <laughs> this lady is smarter than my usual interviewer. <laughs> free of the burden of all the things that fit into the structure which you were talking about, yes free of a mortgage, you're free of the social expectations. Yeah. So what I was meaning was that you don't necessarily have to be rich to homeschool. Okay. So what's been your experience with unschooling? Your, you, you unschooled your children, all three of them. What have you learned? What have you gained? What have you lost? I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I said that we came from a place of not knowing, so I can't pretend to know anything even now that I'm, it's almost ended. Two of my children are out of their teens and I have only one 17-year-old. Did you unschool them from the beginning? They've never been to school, yes. The biggest learning has been, I think, de-schooling myself. Also the fears, the doubts, the ego, I would say, you know, tying up my children's behavior, appearance, achievements with that I've been a good parent and therefore, or if they are not looking so good, and it doesn't look good. Unschooling doesn't look good. I mean, most of the time, the children may be in their pajamas for a week. Why do we have to change our clothes? Yes, absolutely. Why do we have to take a bath? Yes, absolutely. So they saved a lot of water. <laughs> no more drought. Yes. <laughs> Solution to global warming. <laughs> this is a rabbit hole. <laughs> and uh, they've got really strong uh, soles of their feet because footwear was quite un necessary we've been for a wedding i think in bathroom slippers and pajamas one of our children and <laughs> in the beginning i was strict and tough and like a normal parent and it made so little sense to my husband he really helped me with that and uh, i would smack my child and i was wondering why am i smacking my child to dress up for a wedding it's coming to the root of so much suffering in the world is like how do you look What's your status? What's your image? What are we doing just to feed our egos? I mean, this is absolutely radically spiritual, deep. It is. Uh, so how did other people respond when your kids are showing up to the wedding in pajamas? Actually, hardly anyone ever noticed. There's another thing I learned is that when I was feeling defensive, afraid, doubtful, I got a lot of bad responses. And when I was confident and at ease from inside very deeply, I got admiration. So it had a lot to do with what I was feeling inside. Oh, what a beautiful practice for you. Now I already know in my grown wisdom over the years that when someone tells me, oh, my husband is telling me this and my mother-in-law is telling me this, that once you're sure of it, suddenly husbands and mother-in-law, uh, you know, turn from criticism to admiration. It's happened. I know this to be so true. Everybody says the same thing. The same teaching. Stop worrying about how you look in front of others. Stop looking good because you are being dishonest and inauthentic when you're trying to look good. Be willing to look bad. Actually, when you take a stand for something, yourself or another person or the love or the relationship, it all falls into place. Yeah. 
I found it very interesting that couples who would come to me who were part of an ashram or following the teachings of a guru just got unschooling like this. And they would say, that's exactly what our guru says, you know. Uh, whereas it, there would be other couples who come in and, you know, one spouse would say, yeah, and someone would say, no, one wants school, one wants homeschool, one wants homeschool, one wants unschooling. One wants boarding school. <laughs> yeah. So what does happen when you have a couple, well, let's just take your family. How did that work out for you? So we've all often been not agreeing. And in the beginning, when couples would come to me like that, and when we even we were going through everything, I would say, no, no, we have to come on the same path. And now I realize that actually that's very good to not be on the same plane. Marshall Rosenberg of uh, nonviolent communication fame said that where there is community, there's conflict. So I feel where there's conflict, there's learning. So there were times when I would be very hell-bent on unschooling and my husband would think we're going crazy. There were times when I would get into fear and doubt or be strict with the children. And so I had all the unschooling thing in my head, but I was unable to actually do it because I was more structured. I loved my routine. I had my punctuality. You came through a convent school, yaar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it's very nice to have conflict if only each would listen to each other. If you don't listen to each other, it can get to be hell. Yeah, you have to open your ears and your heart to each other in a conflict. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think all these things are very important and they actually contribute to the growth of the individuals and the family and the community. Yeah. Our tears are touching. Have you lost anything through unschooling? My whole life, not just unschooling, but because I did not live my life according to the way it's expected, I have felt rejected and I have felt ostracized. And I never spoke to, say, my father for almost two decades. You didn't speak to your father for decades? Yeah, because in his perception, here was his daughter full of potential, just throwing her life away, uh, doing nothing but being a mother. That is, again, part of this system that needs to be unraveled. Like, the most precious thing on the planet is to tend to the young, offer a nurturing, caring, loving, safe environment. To not have that as a priority will be the downfall of humanity. I feel so too. I know a professional woman in her 30s who gave up her profession to look after her grandmother. And she came under so much of criticism, but she loved her grandmother. And I thought, wow, you know, what's more beautiful than that? So there's lots of things which need to change. What's all this about this work? <laughs> money. <laughs> work equals money. Money equals security security equals the illusion of safety something i don't know you feel like you lost some social support for some time and your relationship with your parents yeah so that all got regained all the lost everyone that got lost got found <laughs> i'm happy to <laughs> report <laughs> beautiful oh lovely what have you gained i just wouldn't be able to start i mean there's layers and layers to the gains of this there's Depths and breaths and I would tell everyone just do this. <laughs> Beautiful. So you have three children. Are you willing to share how they're engaging with life in this moment now? And perhaps at the risk of inflating your ego, what you're proud of them about? My daughter is a eurythmist. She's done a four-year course in eurythmy in the UK. Many people are surprised about how did she get admission without a certificate. 
I really don't know. She did it and she went and she's back and now she's certified. Great. Congratulations. <laughs> Why do you need a certificate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My son has uh, suddenly at the age of 18 decided to um, study. Uh, he gave up football for studying and so he is appearing for board exams and he's done very well. My youngest son has joined a very interesting university called Swaraj University. They don't need a diploma to join. They don't get a certificate when they leave. They do a lot of self-work to find out who they are, what they are, what are their gifts. It's uh, based on self-designed learning and uh, social justice, uh, ecological sustainability. So they expose them to a lot of uh, real work. I call this real work going on around the country Great. And if you were to name one quality or strength of character in each of your children? Wow. <laughs> My eldest is um, deeply spiritual, artistic. She lives the most balanced life of anyone I've ever met. My middle son, he's unruffled. He has a very calm demeanor, deeply grounded and balanced all three of them are very much loved by the adults, children, everyone, of and rich and poor, and all their teachers and classmates. And, and your, your youngest? My youngest son is full of adventure. He says that he has had two happy lives. So he had something called a happiness crisis at some point when he was 11. And right now he's really pushing his boundaries because he feels that he's been really overprivileged in every way. So he needs to do something. That's so beautiful. He's got the spirit of service in him. Thank you. Would you say you have a, a strength of character that has blossomed within you from this experience of unschooling your children? This lady asks very difficult questions. <laughs> um, okay, what about your husband? Both of us together have grown through this experience. When you do something so extreme together, it strains the relationship actually. If you respond to uh, strains and conflicts positively, the result is a tremendous tempering of the steel, I guess. You feel like it's made you strong in some way. So what is that strength? I've just got this deep, deep faith and trust. What is the faith in? The trust is in you, the trust is in life. All of that and more. Urmila, is there anything else you'd like to add? So it's exciting for me that there are some visionary people who are willing to open their doors of their schools to uh, working with critical thinking or emotions. It probably still will take 300, 500 years time is just imagination. It's been so wonderful talking with you, Urmila. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I really appreciate you sharing the intimacies of your experience with unschooling. With the world. <laughs> Thank you. That was Urmila Sampson, unschooling mother of three from Pune, India. 
I'm Dr. Jayshree Chander, creator of Naging Now, a podcast about prioritizing well-being, on the web at nagingnow.org. Naging Now is independent and entirely listener-supported. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and donate generously. Your support is essential to keep Naging Now alive. Naging Now is written, recorded, edited, produced, and distributed by Dr. Jayshree Chander. Web Website by Takahiro Naguchi. Tabla and Manjira played by Jaisi. Compositions from Pandit Swapan Chaudhary. Bass guitar by Pedro Ordonez. Drum set by Jesse Garcia. Multi-instrumentalist Dave Rosenfeld. Concluding poem by Jaisi. You can find us on the web at nagingnow.org. N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W dot O-R-G.